If you have been reading along with us through the Bible, this past week you read Psalm 46. Or maybe you went to Community in the Word this morning, and I trust that if you did, you had a great discussion about Psalm 46. If any of you went to Community in the Word this morning, can I hear from you? Great, great. Keep it up. A thriving church is a church who wants to know the Word of God. Psalm 46 is a song that offers great praise to God, and it celebrates God's presence in the midst of his people. It expresses the confidence and security that we can have when we trust the Lord in all circumstances, no matter what they are. Psalm 46 was composed by the sons of Korah, who were a division of Levites, and some of them were responsible for the service of music in the temple, singing day and night. Now let's keep in mind that the temple of God was in Jerusalem. Jerusalem was known as that holy city, that holy place where the presence of God resided. Many theologians have noted that the inspiration behind the writing of Psalm 46 could have likely occurred during the time that Jerusalem was being threatened to come under siege by the king of Assyria and his army. Now, this king of Assyria had a strong army, and he boasted that he would take Jerusalem. This is during the reign of King Hezekiah, but King Hezekiah believed in the power of God, not the power of men. And he knew that God was with him, and he knew that God fought his battles. We heard that this morning. Second Chronicles 32, six through eight, tells us this about King Hezekiah. He appointed military officers over the people and assembled them before him in the square at the city gate and encouraged them with these words. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of the king of Assyria and the vast army with him. For there is a greater power with us than with him. With him is only the arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people gained confidence from what Hezekiah, the king of Judah, said. Not only did King Hezekiah know the power of God, but he also knew the power of prayer. In 2 Chronicles 32, 20 and 21, we read, King Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, cried out in prayer to heaven about this. And the Lord sent an angel who annihilated all the fighting men and the commanders and officers in the camp of the Assyrian king. And as it turned out, the king of Assyria was killed by his own sons. The Lord saved King Hezekiah and the people of Jerusalem. Now that is a great ending to a story. <laughs> this is a story of a man who trusted in the power of God in the midst of threatening circumstances. And this story is considered to be the backdrop for Psalm 46. Do you ever feel like war is waging against you? You all have a perfect life? <laughs> I have felt like war has been waging against me a lot. 
it may not be a literal war like King Hezekiah was facing, but at times, things happen in life. Don't we know that? And it can feel like we're on a verge of a battle or we're smack in the middle of a battle. Problems, trouble, chaos, times of uncertainty arise in our lives. Do we believe, like King Hezekiah, that the Lord is with us? Do we believe that his power is greater than our troubles? Do we believe that the arm of the Lord is there to help us and to fight our battles? He is powerful, all-powerful. Today, I want to look at the first four verses of the song that was sung in the temple of God. Psalm 46, 1 through 4. Let's read this together. So I want to hear you. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. Great job. I, okay, I'll clap for you. <laughs> I love this passage of scripture because it reminds us to take comfort in the presence of God no matter the circumstances around us. We may say, I don't know how to do that. As soon as trouble comes my way, my first reaction is fear. If that is you, you're being honest, and you're certainly not alone. I don't think that there is a person in this place today who relishes difficult or chaotic times. When difficulties arise in our life and we have no idea what the future holds, it can really feel like the earth is slipping away beneath our feet. It can threaten our sense of security and it can provoke a reaction of fear. But the word of God gives us an answer for that. Verse one of the Psalm tells us, God is our refuge. It doesn't say he might be. God is our refuge. He is a proven refuge. What is a refuge? It's a place of safety. It's a place that one flees to for protection and security. It's a place of peace in the midst of trouble, danger, or chaos. In biblical times of war, people found refuge in places such as walled cities, fortresses, or caves. Most of us haven't experienced the threat of a real, literal battle. But maybe we've had to take refuge because of a circumstance. I remember some years ago, it was a beautiful, sunny July afternoon. I think some of you were there with me. We were at a park on Lake St. Clair with the nursery department, and we were having a great time. And suddenly, it got really dark. Wind was picking up. Tree branches were bending over. Debris was flying everywhere. And then we got word there was a tornado nearby. Now imagine, it's a nursery department picnic. So there are children running around everywhere. 
When my little niece saw the tree bending over, I happened to be standing right in front of her, and she started screaming in fear. And not to mention, it was her birthday that day, so she had some reason to be upset. (laughs) Tornado on your birthday. We remember her birthday always. I remember taking my girls and my niece and running across the park to the nearest shelter, which was the bathhouse or restroom. As soon as we entered that strong cinder block building, the kids calmed right down. Their little faces relaxed. I relaxed. Uh, There were some other families from church in there with us, and we all prayed, and we sang some of the songs that the kids learned in Sunday school, and we really were having a good time waiting for the winds to calm down. Everyone felt safe within those walls of that shelter. It was a place of refuge for us. Maybe you can think of a time in your life when you were in a threatening circumstance and you needed to take a place of refuge. Do you remember that feeling of security when you got there? God wants to be that place in our lives. When I think about that day in the park, I can tell you, we didn't just casually walk to the bathhouse, play on the slides and swings. No, we ran. We ran like our life depended on it. I would run, but I'm in heels today. When God's word says God is our refuge, we should consider that we need to metaphorically run to him at the first hint of battle. Don't let the devil get a foothold. Run to God at the first hint of battle. But is that what people do? When we look around the world today, we can see God isn't the first place of refuge that people are running to. Here's what psychologists say that people are going to to escape their problems. Drinking alcohol, overeating and eating disorder, cutting oneself, verbally lashing out at someone, avoiding other people or isolating themselves, gambling, throwing things, sexual practices of all kinds, using sleep to escape, threatening suicide, attempting suicide, becoming violent towards others, threatening others. And the big one that we hear in the news today, drug use, the statistics on the opioid use in the United States alone from people dying of overdose is startling. It's 115 people die every day in the United States. That Statistics should break our hearts. Come out on Thursday, August 23rd, and we're going to be praying as a church for this very issue. And this is not an exhaustive list that people run to. You know, none of these things are going to make problems go away. Initially, they may feel like an escape to a safe place, but don't we know That's only for a moment. Running to these things is only going to create a new set of problems. And then it becomes that vicious cycle. And it doesn't stop. It's like running to a paper shelter when a tornado is coming. The tornado is going to win. God wants to be that place of refuge in our life. He wants to be that one that we go to above all things and above all people. His arm 
is strong enough. Trust him, believe in him, and pray like King Hezekiah did. When we think about the God who created the heavens and the earth, and he set all things into motion, don't we think that he is able to help us in our time of need? Look around the universe, it is amazing. God is able and he can fight our battles. We don't need to be running to any of that other stuff. He is God and he is amazing and he is all powerful and he is with us. Believe that. He's always there saying, trust me, come to me. And we don't need to run far. We read in Psalm 46, verse one, he is our ever present help in trouble. King David had experienced some difficult times. His life was being threatened and he wrote this in Psalm 62, five through eight. Yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times. You people, pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Believe and know that today for whatever you're going through. In his presence, we find rest for our souls. Run to him when you think it doesn't even make sense. He will show himself to be that place of refuge, that place of peace and security in your life. I'm reminded of a battle in my own life where God showed me I needed to run to him. I was suffering in Deep, deep emotional pain. Do you know, pastors are real people with real problems. I was going through something that I never thought I would go through. And I really didn't know what to do with it. But God did. And I humbled myself before him. And I poured out my heart to him. And I cried, Lord, you know what's going on here. You know everything. You see all things. I need your help. And I began praying as the Holy Spirit enabled me to pray. And I prayed and I prayed as his spirit led me. And in my time of prayer, he gave me a vision. <laughs> and it was Jesus. And I knew it. And he had his hands out like this, saying, come to me, come to me. But there was a space between me and him. In that moment, I knew I had been turning to other things and other people for refuge. When I finally ran to him as my refuge, I could feel him strengthening me through the power of his spirit. Romans 8.26 says, 
the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Through the power of his Spirit, I received his love, his comfort, his strengthening. Could alcohol, drugs, food, or anything else on that long list ever do that for us? No, because there is nothing that can compare to the spirit of the living God. Through his spirit, we receive all that we need for today and through eternity. When we look to verse four of Psalm 46, we read, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Jerusalem was given many names that described God's presence in the city. And one of those names was the city of God. It was the home for God's temple and the place where God's presence dwelled with his people. It's interesting and meaningful that this passage of scripture says that there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Ancient Jerusalem didn't have a main river. It wasn't like some of the other cities that flourished because they were built next to a beautiful flowing river. Jerusalem's main source of water came from the Gihon Spring, which was outside of the city walls. Water had to be brought in uh, to the city by way of aqueduct or tunnels. And because of the dry seasons, the water was intermittent. It wasn't steady. Along the water system, pools were built as reservoirs so that the water could be accessed in dry times. This man-made system certainly wasn't a river that we read about in verse 4. But often, Scripture tells us that water is used to symbolize the presence of God and the workings of His Holy Spirit. In the physical, we know that water is necessary to live. Without water, we would die. In the spiritual, without living water, we will die. We heard about the living water in our worship this morning. In John chapter four, Jesus meets a woman at a well and they have a conversation about natural, physical drinking water. And Jesus says to her in John 4, 13 and 14, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. How is that water to be received? by believing that Jesus Christ died on a cross, that he shed his blood to pay for the forgiveness of our sins. There is no other way for us to be washed and made clean. God isn't going to dwell for eternity with those who haven't been washed by the blood of Jesus. Jesus is the only refuge for our souls and for those who have been washed. There is a great, great promise. His spirit will flow in the hearts of those who believe. Jesus said in John 7, 38 through 39, whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. 
By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Where is the temple of God now? It's not a man-made temple in Jerusalem. The temple was destroyed 40 years, about 40 years after Jesus died. Now there stands a mosque in that place. God had another plan. His spirit would dwell in the hearts of those who believed in Jesus Christ and what he accomplished at the cross for us. Amen. That same river that made glad the city of God is the same river that leads us to the eternal city of God through faith in Jesus. The apostle John received a vision about eternity. This is what he wrote in Revelation 21, 1 through 4. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth has passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. That is what believers have to look forward to. That is the ultimate refuge for our souls. But in the meanwhile, we have to do life here. How do we do life here? Life has its shares of problems, troubles, chaos, but the Holy Spirit is there, here to help us through this life. Through his spirit, we can be healed, we can be refreshed, we can be strengthened, we can be equipped. We need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Bethesda, we need a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit. If you agree with that, stand. We are going to pray. If you want a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit, God wants to do that. How are we going to be able to go out and talk about Jesus to those who are in a hurting world? People are dying every day because they don't know that they can go to Jesus Christ for their refuge. They're going to drugs. They're going to all kinds of things, and they are dying. We have the answer, and we need to be equipped and the Holy Spirit gives us that power to do the will of God. If you want a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit today, if you have felt dry, there is a reservoir. Come. Jesus says, come, and we are going to pray. And if you can make it down here, let's do it. We're going to pray as a church.